When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to su- wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This was a Scott pick. I'm imagining that it may have to do with an anniversary for this film. Uh, Oh, shit. Is there an anniversary for this? I think it's a... I didn't uh, pay any attention. Yeah, I think it's a 40-year... No. No, 30... Wait. It was 80... Was this 87? 87 to 23? Is that That's only 34 years... Uh, well, we missed it by one. Oh, uh, but, you know what? but there, is a, there is a connection. There's a connection Well, there is a connection, except for the fact that when this comes out, I'm pretty sure Evil Dead Rises is no longer in theaters. Oh, but and I whatever. didn't even... I, I picked this before I realized that Evil Dead Rise was going to be out Oh, this so this spring. is just genuine... This is pure love. Yes, and this was... Okay, this was a gimme for myself. Um, so this has been on my list for years to talk about on the show... I don't know what stopped me in the last nine Junes. I think this is either coming out end of May or or early June, first week of June, I think it is. Um, Either way, I have a story to tell about this movie. I have seen this movie many times, and I want to tell you about the first time I watched it, which was this time (laughs) with Evil Dead 2. Hey, it was the... last day of school after school let out my freshman year of high school so um i had finally gotten up the courage to watch evil dead 2 i had heard it was a splatter movie and that it was you know like super scary it's not i don't know who told me that this was the days before the actual internet i mean there was like geocities and angel fire that was about all yeah you know all there was there were message boards and you know like some some um, you know, like uh, chat rooms and stuff. But so whatever, June 4th or something, 1998, I'm setting the stage. I am done with the, my fr- freshman year of high school. I have three movies that I rented for $3 for three days from the video store that I would eventually work for. I got Evil Dead 2 out and I go, okay, I'm going to watch this while it's 
bright outside because I don't, I also want to watch it before I have to eat dinner with the family because if I, if it's too gross, I'll just be like, I have a stomachache and I won't eat dinner and then I won't be nauseated. So I put it in and I'm like, just, it's basically a, the ride, you know, like that yeah. nostalgia that you have for one of those times when the movie just takes you. This was the ride and I had the most fun ever watching it yeah. and it became the movie that I would watch I would get home from school, last day of school, all through high school. So three more years, um, I did this. This was this was the 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 tradition. I would watch Evil Dead Two first thing when I got home from school um, on the last day of school. Even my senior year, when it was like we got out early. I think we had like yeah. I think we were out a week or ten days before everybody else. So it was like end of May, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm watching it on the last day of school" because it was like the end of high school. I was like, oh, "I'll probably never watch this." same day again and I didn't I never yeah. watched it in college on my last day because your last day in college is like it's still cold out it doesn't feel like summer yet <laughs> right. Yeah. right and it's also your last day of college is just whatever day you have the last test that you yeah, have to take exactly. like, it's, it's not, not a collective like a, last day yeah, yeah. 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 it doesn't but feel it's like, like a, a week long last day <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah so this movie is like a celebration movie for me and because of that there are two reasons why I have this drink for the uh, the listeners, it is in a stemless champagne glass, um, but it is not champagne. It is sparkling apple juice because obviously the first time I watched this, I was like 14. I, I didn't drink, mm. but the champagne is, you know, Ash and Linda, um, you know, he's like, maybe I should get some champagne because, you know, I'm a man and you're a woman. At least last time I checked, which I thought that line, that line killed when I was 14, <laughs> dude. It was like the best. But um, I wanted to celebrate this movie because what can we say about Evil Dead 2 that hasn't been said by everyone, including Bruce Campbell, every day for the last two months when he's been doing Bruce uh Bruce Arama. So yeah. um, I, I, I raise my non-alcoholic glass to uh, my favorite of the Deadites, the Evil Dead 2. Deadites are so good. Matt's got Absolutely. a liquid death. Clink. Um, Clink. And what does Kyle have? Uh, I got um, I got this thing called a Grise, which is an oak-aged farmhouse ale with cherries. And I, I thought it would be redder than it is because um, <laughs> uh, I was like, blood, perfect, <laughs> great, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Farmhouse, well, cabin, close enough. Um, but uh, I, uh, it's from Kent Falls. I'm very excited to drink it. Clink to Clink. Uh, Evil Dead 2, which is the last in the original trilogy that I had seen. Um, and I think it is my favorite, even though uh, Army of Darkness was my first and Evil Dead kind of actually maybe I appreciate more, but Evil Dead 2 is just such a festival, such so, a ride, like you said, so here's, Scott. It's it's wild. There's so much so that happens, we're gonna too. That's the, yeah, so much. You know, like, everything, everything happens, <laughs> yeah, let's, actually. Let's, let's strap in for a quick second. First of all, we are wrong. We are watching this on the anniversary of something. It's the 25-year anniversary since Scott watched it after school. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, but beyond that, Thank um, also, that makes thank God for so our old. mathematician, Matt. <laughs> Matt Kelly. Matt Kelly. Mathematician. Mathematician. So I just, I, I think that, that I, I watch these in complete reverse order. I started with Army of Darkness and then Evil Dead 2 and then the main Evil Dead movie. Is that um, how most people did it, though? I feel like a lot of people, I feel like for a lot of people, the first one was the last one they watched because it was just a hard thing to find in yeah. the 90s for yeah. a while. It was it was mm -hmm. a very like rare tape. Now it's everywhere. 
But um, I, each one of these movies, in my mind, is great for a different purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, like, Army of Darkness, if you are into, like, the comedic tone of what Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell do when they work together, like, Army of Darkness scratches that same itch that a movie like Freak does, where it's like, it's it's Three Stooges do a horror movie. Like, that's just <laughs> yeah. what it is. Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead, is like this absolute masterwork of like scrappy guerrilla filmmaking with your friends and making like every time I watch that movie, it's not a movie I really enjoy watching, but it's a movie I'm constantly impressed by when I watch because I'm just like, this was like five friends in the woods for multiple weekends just figuring it out. Like, yeah. and it looks so good and it works so well. Evil Dead 2 is like that perfect marriage of those two halves. Yeah. In and it works when it shouldn't. Like <laughs> like those two things should not combine. And like there's no universe where we don't have Evil Dead 2. Like if Evil Dead 2 doesn't exist, we don't get Dead Alive. Like I like that's just watching this felt so much like Dead Alive because it's only been a couple months since we watched that yeah. and I was like, "Man, it was just like I think that's why those Sam Raimi and Peter Jackson's career paths have been so <clears throat> similar. Like yeah. they've been on such yeah. a similar track. It's amazing. Um, but like, so I, I shout out to Camp Nightmare. Uh, mm-hmm. When I first met the guys at Camp Nightmare about two years ago now at a creature feature, uh, I subscribed to their podcast and I checked it out. And one of the first episodes I listened to was that they were doing a breakdown of for an entire month. They did every evil dead movie one, one a week. And it did was they the start. First... Chron- did they do chronological? They did chronological. Okay, cool. Yeah, but it was the first time that I heard someone like fully articulate something that I was trying to formulate in my head, but I couldn't put the pieces together. Which is like some people refer to this as a remake, some refer, refer to it as a sequel. It's kind of a combination of both, and I believe it was JB who explained it, and it makes so much sense. Was like. Hey, remember how a couple of minutes ago we were talking about how fucking hard it was to find the original Evil Dead anywhere? Mm-hmm. Like, that was especially the case in 1987. And because it was made by a different production company, they didn't have the rights to do a flashback. So the first, like, five minutes oh, of this movie okay. are supposed to operate as, like, what the flashback sequence was. Right. And, like, if you think about how Evil Dead 1 ends... Like it ends with the de- the spirit flying straight at Bruce Campbell. So like JB was saying, what you could do is literally watch the end of Evil Dead and then flash forward to the exact moment where Bruce Campbell lifts his head up out of the pond uh, in the water, and that is like the cons- where it. I mean, picks up. that's just another layer <laughs> of Raimi being like, oh, this is what filmmaking has to be, but I have to adapt to it because I'm an independent filmmaker or <laughs> slash like a you know a, a low budget filmmaker at this point or whatever it is. It's like, oh, okay, great, I'll do that. Like it's yeah. it's and this breaking is the first down time a ba- that I watched breaking it with down a mental barrier. Yeah, yeah. well, that's that was the first time amazing. I watched it thinking about that, and I'm like, oh my god, he's absolutely I right. Never like, thought, never you thought erase that. the that's first amazing. ten minutes of this movie. Yeah, and just be like, and here's where the sequel starts. And it is, I mean, you brought up the, you know, the seductive champagne line. What I had to laugh about was like, I'm thinking about a a person we've talked about quite a bit this year on the podcast, but Carol Elues, right? Mm. Like how he was essentially this weird, like Earl Flynn character of like the 80s and 90s. Like if he was born in the... Er Errol Flynn? 
Errol Flynn. Yes. Okay. Okay. Errol- I was about to say, like, am I am I missing something here? Because I'm no, like, no, Holy no. Shit. I just listen. Matt I was Kelly's not trying to. I was not trying to nuclear Flynn. Yeah, yeah, nuclear uh, flint. No, no, I, I but, was not trying um, to nag you. I really just, I, I wanted no, to be no, on no, the same no, page you, as you. No, you, you were correct. Like, okay. he was this actor in the 80s and into the 90s who just something about him represented a very, like, 1930s swashbuckling classic mm-hmm. actor. Bruce Campbell feels like a parody of that. Like, every mm-hmm. time that Bruce Campbell is supposed to be serious in a movie, it literally feels like, a parody of like a screwball comedy from the 30s. Like, I, I don't can't know. Tr- I can't trust him. You know, like yeah. I, I've seen him fight too many inanimate objects. Yeah. I'm going to. Okay. I, here's my, here's my, here's the hot take that should have happened a long time ago. I don't fucking get the interest in Bruce Campbell. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I mean, what do you mean? What you, interest? what you just said now is maybe a little bit of that, that he's a little bit of a caricature. But like yeah. I watching Evil Dead One and then seeing his trajectory, like I don't get I it. I don't honest, have an interest in Bruce Campbell. Like I honestly period. think that I think it's twofold. All right, this is my with absolute zero research. My son's right? mad at me. I can hear him screaming upstairs <laughs> yeah. right now. Zero. You take that back done. about Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my real dad. But like, okay, thing number one, horror fans. Not sure if you've noticed this. Very territorial. Very much want to be like, you know, the joke that I always tell about the comic book shop. What's the one thing someone in a comic book shop wants to know more than anyone else? One other thing than everybody else in the comic book shop. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Bruce Campbell for this weird subsect was like, he's in the movies that us true horror fans watch. So he's our guy. Sure. Now, what I think propelled that was then like the convention scene. Mm-hmm. bubbled up and it's like oh mm-hmm. it turns out that he is like a very far funny charming person totally. to put on a stage very so i think it was just like okay cool like but i think that if conventions never exist so is first jason and i'm yeah. gonna shit about him <laughs> <laughs> no but i'm gonna I'm, but it's it's sorry i think that if if the horror convention scene never <laughs> happened i do think that the bruce campbell like fandom would have fizzled out a little bit because sure yeah. He just wasn't as present. But like yeah. then all of a sudden he's doing these conventions. It's like, oh, the super funny, charming guy on our on our movies actually is that funny and charming when you put him in anything. Yeah. And just put him on a stage with a microphone in his hand. Like it I, I think he's it's, riding on top of the wave. Yes. And, but because he can. Because he's te- he's he does have chops. I'm not like I'm not knocking Yeah, he can his, act. I just it's, didn't <laughs> I just didn't understand yeah, the I, appeal. Like, I also think that it's just like, I think he knows the joke of Bruce Campbell. I mean, he obviously yeah. knows the joke of, of Bruce Campbell. You just have to watch My Name is Bruce yeah. to understand yeah. that he's aware yeah. of that versus like another like cult figure that people are obsessed with that I don't get is like Tommy Wiseau, where it's like, it feels like Tommy Wiseau just is acting like he knows what the appeal is of him. But it's like, anytime you see anything that's not, the room that he's yeah. a part of, it really feels like someone trying to relive whatever accidentally was successful for him. Where like the thing that worked with the room was like, he had no fucking clue that he made something bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah. so like once you're like going out of your way to be like, look, it's bad. Like, it's like, no, like, like Bruce Campbell for better or for worse, Bruce Campbell has never phoned in a performance no whether he knew the movie was bad or not that's true (laughs) i mean think about his his he was in waxwork too right or shit was that 
Yeah, he, he's in yeah, Westbrook he, too. Yeah, he's. I mean, and he's playing in the cheap seats for sure. And that one, if I remember <laughs> that scene correctly, it's been a while since I watched that. Yeah, but, he's uh, he's got the his chest is flayed open. That's right, and, and they keep pouring throwing salt acid yeah, on him. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's salt because they have yeah. to make like a salt ring or something, right? Yeah. Or maybe it is acid. Oh man, I know it's salt. I, it's. I picked. Did I pick Waxwork Two or did you? Because I know I picked Waxwork. No, you picked Waxwork. Waxwork Two again. I, I sometimes have to remind you that we had made a terrible mistake in the early years of horror movie night where we were doing a listener pick every other oh, episode. that's right. Oh, the first whoa. year. Whoa. <laughs> we covered some whoa. shit. You know, Yo, I just wanted to blame it on you. That made my stomach turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was... get a lot, of, a lot of bad picks fall on my shoulders, but a lot of, and, and some of them rightfully so, but a lot of them, Terror Tunes, listener suggested. That was Monster, a listener suggested yeah, one? Monster oh High, God. listener suggested. Well, yeah, like, I, I think no, everything I, no, that I, I thought Monster was bad was attributed to you or Brian, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll take a hit because I think with a lot of those drive through also, listener submitted. That but was I, not you? That wasn't me. I, I now, swear that was fucks. you. Drive through no, fucks. No, it does not I, fuck. <laughs> that movie is, but I, that movie is limp dick as fuck, guys. So here's the problem, Scott. It was listener submitted, and I would be like, Oh, this was on my long list anyway. Let's oh, move forward why. with it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was. It, I take the hit and I don't fight the hit because eventually it would have been my hit it to all take. Anyway. Comes back to Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but yes, everything's so, coming up, Kelly. But I I do want to talk about a few quick things with this movie because you're right. Like what what hasn't already been said a million times. Um, but I do want to call out a few things that I really truly love in this movie. And it's all related to claymation for the most part. I um, have a note about that. I was like, yeah. the claymation is, it's just a little bit, a little present for you. Just a little treat. It is. It's, it's the claymation gorgeous. and it's the puppets. Like, like yeah. I actually think if, if I'm going to give any controversial take at all, the deadite makeup is like kind of whatever in this oh, movie. But once they yeah. all mutate, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, but like a few things like, Something that's burned into my brain that I feel like not enough people talk about in this movie is the beautiful, like, I don't know if it's a matte painting or, like, a forced perspective or what, but that morning shot of the bridge, like a claw, mm, just, like, yeah. peeled upwards. Like, it, I think about that specific shot so goddamn Often. much. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you know what I want? I want to see a mashup of that scene, but then... Is it Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes when he goes, yeah. you blew Damn it up. You, yeah, you blew it up. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we might be doing a Planet of the Apes movie uh, one of these days on here. I would um, never be surprised when you yeah. find the most horrific one. Well, and... there's two that it, there's two that could possibly pass. And, uh, and I'll say this because uh, I know that listeners will chime in in the comments on this comment. I'm going to laugh if they don't. There's, there's, beneath, there's Beneath the Planet of the Apes, which is like, I mean, you've got like the mutated beneath. survivors of the 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 atom bomb explosion with telekinetic powers underneath the uh, the Earth's crust worshiping the last atom bomb that survived like the nuclear fallout. Okay. And then there's yeah. Conquest of the Planet yeah. of the Apes, which is like the post-apocalyptic world where we've made apes do all of our work for us. And they like lead a giant uprising revolt at the end of the movie. And it literally just ends with them winning. <laughs> So like, dude. <laughs> so like, dude. Dude, the sixties Planet of the Apes movie. What are we like, doing here with Evil Dead Two? <laughs> this is incredible. So listeners, if you're listening to this episode and you're on Facebook, uh, 
ape yes or ape no in the comments. <laughs> so, not ape yes, ape no. Just say grape idea, Matt. Um, oh, and we'll no. Uh, but I had a anyway. dream that I got a hug from some sort of primate this morning, and it was a Aww. great hug. So uh, thanks for reminding me about that. Now I need yeah. a, Like a long arm hug? Like a... Yeah. Yeah, right. like a like, almost basically like, like coordinated but like not fully coordinated hug. Yeah. No, it, right. I, I asked it for a hug and it gave me a hug and it didn't smell bad. Nice. Oh, what a lovely dream. I have I have a I was going to say if you're not going to do it, I want to go around and I want to know what each person's favorite scene is because this is the kind of I was literally going to say it. it's a two-part round table. Favorite scene and obviously there's nothing that is like new to us but like something that you found a new appreciation of on this rewatch okay well i'm gonna start since it's my pick as for the first question which is favorite scene and it's um linda corpse i write it as a one word in my notes linda corpse Mm -hmm. um when she bursts into the shed and she's got the the chainsaw i (laughs) it's always been so goofy but i just i love that scene so much and i think it's the first like heavily gore scene in the movie as well that which may be why it it sticks out as well because you know like the the big gore scenes and the big goo scenes really happen once he gets back to the house which is yeah. also right. only at like the 40 minute mark it, there's so much shit that happens in the first 35 minutes it's incredible yes you, very I, much so. that's what i and to answer the second question what i noticed in this watch is the timing like the timer because i've never watched it with a with a ticker basically on it and i it always feels like a long movie it's not it's like 88 minutes it's not long but um but it feels long because so much happens and i just um it, it always feels like you just had Thanksgiving dinner, but like a horror movie when you finish this movie because it, it that's like, the perfect analogy that that's the best analogy I've ever heard for Evil Dead. Can I thank you? And can I add one little thing to the analogy yes, to make it stronger? Please. That piece of pumpkin pie with with a lot of like Cool Whip on it that you really don't need and you still put on your plate at the end of Thanksgiving dinner, that's when he goes back in time for the Army of Darkness. I don't need that scene. I can stop when he gets pulled into the vortex and be fine, and I sometimes yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you don't overdo it. Yeah. And I swear, I swear that that vortex scene, they, they, there's no way you can convince me that there are not parts in that scene that are literally also reused in Monster Squad when the vortex opens up. It feels the, the same. same year. It feels it's the same. the same year. The way that the truck lifts up, like, I swear to God, they shared some type of footage between those two movies because they came out at the exact same time. Um, all right, Kyle, how about you? Favorite scene and maybe, if you have one, uh, something that you didn't appreciate until this watch. I just think, like, Corpse Dance is so beautiful. Yeah. Like, so, so beautiful. <laughs> and I think that this is the first, um, you know, I've... The first time I watched it was just like an Anchor Bay DVD on like the smallest screen that I had, right? Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and it was recent. Like Evil Dead 2, like I said, was the last one of the original trilogy that I watched. And when I say that, I mean like I watched it for the first time within the past five years, maybe oh, six Jesus. years, six wow. years, maybe. I mean, maybe. That's like, kind of co- cool, like, though. COVID yeah. year, COVID years are, you know, give or take two, you know, like yeah. it's, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but it was recent it was it was recent like i had had a solid horror slash filmmaking knowledge base it feels like uh before i watched evil dead 2 and i heard so much about it but i also like heard it i i took to heart that it was a remake of evil dead 1 like and i was like okay i don't care (laughs) i was like i don't um but it is a fantastic movie and corpse dance is is lovely but what i noticed mostly this time around was the close-up of the eyeballs this homage to texas chainsaw that's that raimi does of multiple times in what I've what I considered an homage to, to Texas Chainsaw multiple times with the close up of the eyeball that I mean obviously when when film people think about that it's Texas Chainsaw like because it's yeah perfect I mean but the, like it's this what is makes that dinner scene so effective like, but this is pretty close I would say it's maybe like it's not placed in the in in, a, in as an effective spot but the actual like execution of the close-up of the eyeball is up there with with hoopers in texas chainsaw and it happens a few times uh in evil dead 2 it was very cool nice um all right well you guys both took what i had written down for my favorite scene <laughs> yeah scott took mine <laughs> i took but, dance. it's just basically but, like okay so <laughs> yeah. so i'll throw another one out there because it is a pretty iconic scene to me is that moment where the deer's head just turns and starts laughing, laughing. and yeah. then everything in the room starts laughing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always, that, that to me, I remember watching this movie and like watching it for the first time, it was obviously a crazy film, but that was like a specific moment where you're just like, this movie does not give a fuck. No. <laughs> like, this movie no, is everything's doing out the window. whatever it wants. Um, and I, and I have a, a, a nice attachment to that. So obviously, Horror Movie Night, before Horror Movie Night was Reddit Horror Club, Reddit Horror Club had two different theme songs. Um, the one that most people remember is we used Harley Poe's Gorehound uh, for a really long time. But for the first two or three years, it was actually a song from Joe's previous band, Calbretto, called uh, Come Come See the Meat Boy, which was just like a surf instrumental uh, and I didn't use this. The, the part that I used in the theme was an audio clip of a guy going like, uh, everyone pays to see the freaks. And then it's like a cool guitar riff or whatever. But the end of that song is as the guitar is winding down, it's just a constant loop of all of the inanimate objects laughing in that <laughs> scene from Evil Dead 2. And it is I never knew that a, that was the sound effect. I, I, yeah. I never listened to that song enough times to notice that. Yeah. If you listen, you'll you'll hear. I, I picked it up one time. I'm like, oh, because I listen to that song constantly. So mm-hmm. I think it was when I was rewatching Evil Dead 2 one time. I was like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> I got two things that jumped out at me. Uh, one is just I don't think I ever really appreciate it when Harrietta's uh, or what, what is the Henrietta? Henrietta. When Henrietta's mouth first starts to shift and we get like this claymation mutation, but then it's a puppet head. And the look of that puppet head just gnawing on the dude's shoe is like, I don't know what it is, but I was like, man, this this like scratches an itch I didn't know I need it scratched. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I never paid attention to until this time watching, the scene where she gets off the plane to meet her boyfriend question mark the dialogue is chaotic in that yeah. like she the the exchange is she comes off the plane and she goes i found the last pages of the book of the dead and he goes i know i read your telegram <laughs> what is what is that dialogue exchange it is such a like if i was she in left a writer's before group, the return telegram yeah. made it back so then they need to yeah, catch like, it. it's like 
Like if someone was in a writer's group with me and they handed me that line of dialogue, I'd be like, cut that. <laughs> that is right. such yeah, a Yeah, we can word. figure out a better way. <laughs> like it is, but, I, but part of me is like knowing Sam Raimi's sense of humor. I'm like, I feel like it's there because it's stupid. Yeah. Like I feel like it's written because it's such a stupid exchange. And it also kind of creates a division where you're like, this guy ain't it for this girl. <laughs> like they might be like working like, like, cause it's like, there is so little chemistry between the two of them versus like, she gets on screen with Ash and it's like instant chemistry. So I don't know. Maybe that, that was Sam Raimi's subtle way of being like, these two nerds should not be together in the first place. <laughs> Hello everyone. We're superhero stuff. You should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again we got romance we got action romance. we got comedy we got everything you need man come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance what part are you talking about we've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that come on down to superhero stuff you should know all right so come on down to su- wait why did i say come on down to superhero stuff you should know hi friends the world got you down don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. I have one last last okay. story, and then I okay. will tell you my double feature. Yeah, so, please, please. Years and years ago on Reddit, and it wasn't even Reddit horror. It was like, I don't know, what the fuck or something like that. You know, like some some random subreddit. Um, there was a picture of all these bottles of pee, and it was like a gamer who just peed in bottles all the time, and. I took a, a a screenshot of this quote comment because it was the funniest thing I've ever read on Reddit. Um, it was, and it, because it was also so out of place and so specific, it was, you know, so there's this picture of, of this, like, the, these this collection of piss bottles. And they weren't little. They were like those. Organized or were yeah, they? Like, yeah, they were like on the this dirt floor. Um, and I think that they may have been by a, a, a mattress on this dirt floor, creepy fucking basement. And somebody commented and said, someone's got a fresh bottle. Uh, 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 someone's in my food cellar. Someone with a fresh bottle of piss. And I, <laughs> I think about that as much as I think about Evil Dead 2. And holy shit, the other reason why I mentioned or why I picked this was I wanted to tell you guys another quick little anecdote about this movie. So, High Fidelity. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, yes. They, the change they, from the book to the movie. Yes. So, for Valentine's Day in 2019, I believe it was, I took Megan to a screening of High Fidelity with a Q&A with John Cusack afterwards it was in town at the civic Um, it was it was it was gonna be awesome it was a packed house and then they had they trundled him out and they had this woman who is from some shock jock show she's not the shock jock she's just one of the characters that is on the show and she was interviewing him and she was asking him the most mundane fucking questions off of like cards and they were like 
who was the cutest per- woman that you ever worked with in the 80s? Oh, so and and, and she wasn't even listening to his answers. Um, she was basically just being like, oh, wasn't so-and-so hot? And she was going like chronologically through his Wikipedia. It was so painful. It was an hour of that. Oh. And people were getting pissed in the audience because they wanted to ask him fucking questions. And she was just like jabber John talking about herself, not listening to his answers. It was the worst fucking date that I've ever taken Megan on. But I was like hell bent on asking John Cusick a question about Evil Dead 2. And because I knew that he was the, he was one of the screenwriters for it, for the, 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 the script of, from the book. He, he was one of the screenwriters. Um, Or I, or maybe he was the director. I think he did some screenwriting as well. But in any case, he had a hand in the decision to do Evil Dead 2 instead of Evil Dead because in the book, well, it was Reservoir Dogs. Oh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. And they changed it to Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. Thank you. That's what it was. But I, I, so I asked him that question and I said, "Why did you change it to Evil Dead 2? Is it because it's a better movie?" And I did remember that it was Reservoir Dogs at the time, and he was like. Yeah, it was just a better movie. I like that movie. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. And But the way that I prefaced it was the wrong thing to say. I said, so I've got a horror podcast. And so many people went, oh, because they thought that I was going to like say the name. Yeah. I, I didn't. I was a good yeah. boy. I just yeah. asked the question. I, yeah. I gave the premise and I asked the question and I got the answer that I wanted to hear. People yeah. started taking so, their pitchforks out of their jacket pockets because yeah. it's February. Kill him! Actually, it's cold they're, they're piss forks. <laughs> they're <Yeah>. piss forks. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, Scott. so double feature. Um, Reservoir Dogs, obviously. Reservoir, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I was going to go with Friday because that was the other movie that I remember from that three-movie pack that I rented when I rented Evil Dead 2 to nice. watch. But I don't think I want to do that. I think that I want to change it to Monster Squad because they have the same vortex and it's yeah. also so much more fun. It's mm. a lot more fun. Mm. Kyle, I want you to go next because my double feature might be the craziest double feature I've ever written. Okay. Now. All right. We 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 mentioned we mentioned it briefly again. That's an I'm over 2 on <laughs> keeping my double features out of conversation. Uh it wasn't my fault this time. Uh I was dead alive. I I think that like oh, yeah. um as just an effects show that you can put on with some heart and interesting stuff but like not totally necessary. Uh dead alive it's more necessary than Evil Dead 2. But um, but I just uh, uh, Dead Alive uh, is is the go to double feature for me. And my very dumb weird double feature that I wrote down was the ever long music video for by the Foo Fighters. <laughs> Why <laughs> have you have you watched that video recently? Because um, it's fully. I haven't seen by... that movie. I that movie. Or I mean that that music video came out in what ninety eight. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it since nineteen ninety eight. All right, rewatch. <laughs> Rewatch it because the whole video is that he's dreaming he's in Evil Dead. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, like, like it's wow. like they literally. I love that song. I'll watch the. Through, I'll watch throughout the it, but yeah, I, like I it, it might be a little bit more of either. Evil Dead and not Evil Dead Two, but like one hundred percent, like the hand coming out of the cellar door and stuff. Like they do multiple shots from Evil Dead, and as I was wow. watching, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be weird. We're going to do a music video instead of the normal. <laughs> I love it. I actually That's love great. that. Um, all right, I Scott. love that for you. <laughs> What have you been watching, listening to, reading, et cetera, that you want to tell people about? So just I just want to say Ted Lasso is so good. And we're not yeah. at the that the season finale as of the uh, as of recording, this recording. But probably when but, it releases. Oh, yeah. it'll be done by the time this releases. And I'm sure that we will have been raining on our faces the entire final so- uh, episode because it's the end of the season. But um, it's just I such think an it's amazing the end of the show. Series. 
Sorry, think, that's what I meant. They're only doing yeah, three seasons. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a it's a good journey. I'm yeah. excited. Absolutely I'm excited. love it. Every episode is a, just a joy. I, the So at the time that we're recording this, the most recent episode, I think might be one of my like top three favorite episodes that they've ever done. Yeah. Um, where they're just was, in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. so, it's so good. Um, I'm going to go with a book. I'm going to, I'm going to do what Scott did last week. Uh, you guys ever, I don't know if this is just me, but if you guys ever like started to read a book within two or three chapters, you're, it's not that you're not feeling the book, but you're just like, I am not in the headspace for this book. So oh, you yeah. like put it down. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple years later, you try again and you maybe get about the same spot in the book. But you're like, mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to like this. And then like third or fourth time, it's just like you knock it out in like a weekend. You're like, you're just like, I found I found the spot uh, that happened to me with um, Final Girl Support Group uh, oh, by yeah. Grady oh, yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. Like I just was not. I, w- I knew that I was going to like it. Like, every time that I read the first chapter, I'm like, I should be loving this. I'm not loving this. I'm probably not in a good headspace. And then I finally read it when I was in the right headspace. It is... It, I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's the greatest... Like, there are, like, some diehard fangirl support group stands in the world. Um, I'm not quite on that level, but I'm like, you know what? If they want to make this into a movie or a TV show, like, I'll fucking watch it. It feels perfect for that medium anyway. Um, it's fun to read as a horror fan and try to like piece together who everybody is mm-hmm. in the in the film realm. It brings a lot of cool conversations to light. Um, I, I I'm kind of like you, Scott, in the sense I've probably reread more books than you have, but I'm also not much of a re rereader mm-hmm. at this point. It's like you know, problematic aside, like it's mostly just I'll reread the Harry Potter books because they bring me into a very emotionally safe place Mm -hmm. when I need it. But like, that's about it. Like, unless it's like a book that I've had like 20 years of nostalgia that it's like, okay, I know that if I sit down and I reread high fidelity or I reread sex, drugs and cocoa puffs, or I reread these Harry Potter books, I'll be like temporarily transport it to being like 12, 16, 18. Like as I'm going through that journey again, I'm, I, I can't imagine there's ever a point where I'm like, oh, I got to reread Final Girl Support Group so I can transport back to being 37. Like, I think, like, I, yeah, sure. like yeah. I think that those days are like long gone. So. Wait till you're 60. You don't know. <laughs> that is true. That Hold is true. Uh, but yeah, so uh, definitely worth reading if you're a horror fan and a reader. Like, it's a, it's yeah. a pretty good book. Um, all right, Kyle. Did it, uh, quick question about Grady Hendrix. Has, has anybody watched the My Best Friend's Exorcism? I did. Um, did yeah. I not talk about it on here? I was I don't remember you very, talking about it. Very mid about that yeah. movie. Okay. It, I, I thought that I talked about it. Maybe it was either in a Patreon. Maybe, or maybe that's why though. Matt. Maybe it was because um, you didn't have a strong. Well, I, I did to I it. don't understand why it got made. It's in the eighties mm. and I don't mm. understand who the the who's the target demographic for sure. that? Us? Yeah. I forgot. We weren't that, even we like yeah. I was I've, six. You know, I forgot yeah. that they even did a movie version of that. I haven't read the book either, Hulu, but like, yeah, I think. Wait, all right, good to know. Well, I, I can stay away from it. That's. <laughs> I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm just saying yeah. like I don't. It just yeah, feels like it has is. no country. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. I like I like I like a lot of Grady stuff, um, both narrative and and of course paperbacks from hell. Like uh, I would be more interested in like a we sold our souls for rock and roll scenario. 
as a as an adaptation. Um, but I've, I do have Final Girls support group on my on my to read shelf. By the time that this episode comes out, our uh, our good friend Eric Brown's second book, Lose You to Find Me, should be available in all very nice. Let's go. So go go pick up a copy of that. You know, pick it up, have fun. He the last I heard from him because uh, I'm trying to get him on a couple podcasts to promote it. Uh, and he's like, it's been really tough because it feels like the promotions team actually wants to promote this one. Um, <laughs> so so it, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe we're uh, maybe we're talking about a bestseller at the point that people are listening to this. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Right. Fingers crossed. That'd be awesome. But all right, Kyle, sorry. What is something you want to talk about? I watched a horror movie night favorite, maybe? I haven't listened to the episode that you guys talked about it, but I watched The Invisible Maniac for the first time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, baby. And it is between, a fave. So between talking about Class of Nukem High and now talking about Evil Dead 2, Invisible Maniac feels absolutely the middle ground between a Kaufman and a Raimi picture like wow. what, that's adam what, rifkin baby like, i mean yeah. Rif, what that rifkin dude. does on his second or third feature maybe third feature third feature yeah. like what he and it being obviously still you know a low budget like independent fucking scrape up what you got picture i was really really impressed um i loved my watch of it Obviously, like it. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it has some really questionable shit in it, um, but also at the same time, it kind of like it kind of knows that it does and gives it a little bit of like a it's okay like nudge to it. You know, it's like a it's a little bit of like elbowing like this. Yeah, we're kind of saying a silly thing about a mad scientist movie. Like, what if it was pervy and like that's okay and that's fun. You know, and then some of the actual, I mean, talk about acting to an invisible thing like Bruce Campbell and Evil Dead <laughs> yeah, 2. Oh, yeah. Like every single person in Invisible Maniac brings the acting against an inanimate object to 110%. I've never, I, I could not believe the performances that an independent filmmaker got yeah. out of these fucking actors for like acting against an invisible thing. I was flabbergasted. I, everybody can have a drink on, have a shot on this one. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome put it out oh! on 4K and um, it looks majestic. Uh, I didn't get the very, like I didn't get the April Fool's slip cover cause I'm not a fucking invisible maniac, um, but, I, uh, <laughs> but I do own it and it's a keeper for me. I, I really, really had a fun time watching that. Again, no, I mean, I didn't know anything, no expectations. I didn't listen to, the episode that you guys have done but i will now you know yeah. i i really i really enjoyed um is really that in the first 50 matt yeah uh if, if it's not the first 50 it's definitely the first 100 yeah um, guys you I might think we may have even did a second we may have even done a re re did we do one with brian brian i knew we were going to i don't know if we yeah. ever got to it i can't remember if we did or not but i, to, I would I just check my spreadsheet card of it so um, oh yeah there's whatever a trading card of it but so yeah. here's the thing i want to quickly just because it's been a while since we talked about Rifkin, and I constantly forget how strange this dude's career is. Oh, right, because nuts. he does like Invisible Maniac, he does Psycho Cop, then he writes Mouse Hunt. Like that's right, kids, yeah. <laughs> he writes the kids movie Mouse Hunt. He directs Detroit Rock City. Mm. He then writes Zoom, like that movie with that superhero movie from 2006 with like Tim Allen. That was like the low budget, sky high, like. 
if you were going to a mom and pop shop, they may have had Zoom on the shelf <laughs> to try to get you to buy that by mistake. And then wrote the underdog movie from 2007 where Jason Lee was the voice of like all these weird career moves. And then out of nowhere in 2017, he makes this movie, the last movie star starring Burt Reynolds. That was like an absolute like film festival smash. Like I haven't even seen it, but everything I've heard is like, it is this heartbreaking, like beautiful drama about like, a film star from the yesteryear, like knowing that his career is over and like acting mm. in his final film role. And like, that it's like this beautifully like made movie. And it's like the invisible maniac guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, dude, I mean, here's the thing, like that actually in the way that I sort of envision what Rifkin's career oh, is. And it was an A24 makes... film. Forgot about that part. Yeah. He made oh, an A24 my God. film with that. It yeah. makes a ton of fucking sense. Like, I don't know Rifkin's like, you know, early, early, early background, but just like, let's just say from Invisible Maniac through what you've talked about, we're talking about a dude who has like made a movie, went to LA or was already based in LA in Hollywood, got into a studio system, was able to experience and live within the studio system from the heights of Mouse Hunt and Detroit Rock City down to lower things. Oh, and, and then small be able soldiers. To, wrote small and soldiers. small soldiers. Also. I mean, That's so you're right. dealing, you're also generationally dealing with somebody like Joe fucking Dante. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you have all these experiences within Hollywood. He's actually making films sort of about Hollywood as Hollywood through Hollywood all the way up to this film that you just talked about with Burt Reynolds, which is sounds like a magnus opus, like in a lot yeah. of ways. But then wasn't he also didn't he also do a segment of Chillerama? Let's not forget. Yeah, he did a segment of Chillerama. Yeah, he did Wadzilla. I, I also just wrote I just read this part of his Wikipedia page. Um continuing in the family film genre, he wrote the screenplay for what was supposed to be John Woo's version of He Man. Um, and and was one of the first writers of the Planet of the Apes remake back in 1988. No, he wrote that, an unused draft. 19, like 1988. Yeah, 88. That's how long they were trying to remake Planet of the Apes back <laughs> in the day. Whoa. Um, I'm gonna pick Planet of the Apes. Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes for one of our Patreon um, episodes. Oh. Just as as I can continue my <laughs> two plus hour movie film selections no. of for Man, Patreon. That, is, that, that was the that very gave Matt such time. a chill. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the very first time I think I ever watched a Tim Burton movie where I thought, oh no, maybe he's not unstoppable. Because like yeah. up until that point, for a teenage kid, it was just home runs for days with Tim Burton. Yeah. Right, right. Um, until one until, day. Until he had the audacity to try to do Planet of the Apes. Well, guys, we gave you a lot of homework to let us know your <laughs> thoughts on a whole lot of different things. So uh, sound off on our social medias. Follow us on everything. We're we're posting reels and Instagram stuff and TikTok stuff and I'll, I don't know. I sound like I'm a thousand years old right now talking about it. But anyway, <laughs> we'll TikTok. be back next week. <laughs> but we're there. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week with even more horror movie night. <laughs>
think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 